0: I have no idea how this is going to go tonight because, you know, I studied all this. But uh, let uh, let me take a few minutes and talk to you about my best friend. He is always with me. He leads me. He guides me. Jesus described him as the wind. You don't know where he's coming from. You don't know where he's going. You can't make an appointment. You can't set a time. He speaks to you when he speaks to you, but he doesn't always speak. Sometimes you'd really love for him to speak, but he doesn't speak. And unlike so many in the ministry today i don't manufacture a word from the lord and but i've learned that when he speaks i need to pay attention i've learned over the years to obey him instantly sometimes i want to make sure it's him i'll say now lord (laughs) you know i'll do anything you tell me to do but i want to make sure that's you if that's you you bring that back to me and he will he's kind he's gracious Last Wednesday night, it's only been happening about the last 10 years, but while I'm speaking, the Lord's always speaking to me. He never used to do that until about 10 years back, and uh, he, he gave me an illustration, and I decided in my volition <clears throat> to not share it because I thought, man, that's just too rugged. I'm not going to do that, but here it is again. Luke eleven thirteen. 13, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And there may be people who wonder why. From day one, January 1, 1984, this has been a full gospel church, but maybe we don't emphasize that. Let me take that back. Maybe I don't emphasize that as much as maybe some other full gospel pastors. And it all goes back to what we were talking about last Wednesday evening. And that is the Holy Spirit is a person. And too much of my life, I have seen him treated as an experience. And here's what he told me last Wednesday night. And I just, I made up my mind. I'm not going to say that, but here we go. You know, you can rent any experience you want I mean I'm 67 years old but if, if I wanted to have a 25 year old woman I, that's easy to do you can rent that but the reason I would never do anything like that is because you're treating a human being as an experience that's not an experience that's a human being can you see that and it's wrong to treat a human being as an experience. That's what he told me last Wednesday night. And that he told me, that's the way my people treat me. They treat me like I'm an experience. And he is not. I could literally stand here and tell story after story after story after story about him breaking into my life and speaking to me. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just give you a sampling. You've heard me tell the story. I took Sue later. The next time Sue was with me in Mombasa, I showed her the place on the sidewalk. I said it was right here. I was right here, and the Lord spoke to me to put the, ch- the roof on Bud Sickler's church, and it was that seed sown, $600,000, that brought in the money, to buy this land and build this building. We are right now sitting tonight in the fruit of the Holy Spirit of God speaking to me on that sidewalk in February of 1997. You know, I, I, most, uh, most of you have only known me recently, but uh, I, used to, uh, I used to Harley ride to clear my mind And I was in Murdo, South Dakota one morning and I was up walking and praying. Murdo, South Dakota, just uh, west of there is the Badlands and uh, Sturgis and all of that. But anyway, so I'm out walking and praying. You go due north and that's uh, Murdo. Then you turn west and then you get to the Badlands Deadwood, all of that, the Black Hills. I'm out walking and praying, and the Lord said, when you get back to the room, sell it all. And I'd been making money on Dell computer. I noticed in those days, this was the late 90s, Dell was in a pattern like waves. I made a million dollars on Dell in one year. And, uh, but I'm out walking, and he said, when you get back to the room, sell it all. Now Dell's gone private since then and then Ryu should stock since then but if I still have the chart and I could show you on that morning at the open that was the highest Dell computer ever got ever. He said when you get back to the room so... now I'd like for him to talk to me like that all the time <laughs> but see he, he, he comes and he goes When we bought this land, we signed a, last, uh, a gas lease with a company. And, uh, you know, we waited years. Nobody did anything. And then the, the lease, the date of the lease ended. And we had an oil and gas attorney. We, he came up, sat in my office upstairs, and uh, he said, uh, nothing you can do about it. You know, if you try and, and sign with another company, they'll declare force majeure on you. And the Holy Spirit of God, my friend, he's always with me. He doesn't always speak, but he is always with me. And my friend, the Holy Spirit of God said, look at his shirt sleeves. And I looked at his shirt sleeves and they were afraid. Now I, see the Holy Spirit of God has got all this information we don't have. Now later, someone who is very experienced in oil and gas explained to me, there's only two kinds of oil and gas attorneys. Oil and gas attorneys who work for big oil and oil and gas attorneys who want to work for big oil. So who are they really working for? See, you don't know who they're working for. And the Holy Spirit of God said, look at his shirt sleeves. I looked at his shirt sleeves and I hurried up the meeting and shuffled them out of there and I told the people working for me, I said, find me another oil and gas attorney and fire him. Why? I explained it you're going to fire an attorney based on his shirt sleeves? I said, absolutely. And then I had an idea a day or two later praying. This same friend, see, who gives me ideas? I wonder who Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary used for their mineral rights. And so I had the office call, find out who that attorney was, and uh, (laughs) my God see how one thing led to the next that man still handles all of our St. Paul's work and he won't he won't charge us anything having to do with St. Paul's and uh, you know he's if it doesn't have to do with Christian education or constitutional issues he's not interested he'll He's argued before the Texas Supreme Court many times and the U.S. Supreme Court many times, but he won't charge us for any work having to do with St. Paul's. But he, he got us the, uh, got us through the mineral rights situation and the church was able to harvest that money. We still have it, amen. It's not gone. And uh, it's unbelievable. January, I could tell these, I, I mean, I could stand here and just talk till Sunday. January 9, 2018, the Lord said to me, this is the Holy Spirit. I want you to stop fooling around and get this building paid off. Well, I didn't think I was fooling around. I thought I was doing a good job. I mean, we had it about half paid off or more than half. I want you to stop fooling. See, that's the one reason people don't want to talk to the Lord because he is of the opinion that he's God and you're not. I want you to quit fooling around and get this, get all this paid off. And uh, so I made the announcement about the big challenge offering Easter 2018, and and then he said, and I want you and I want you to give a million. He said, men will stand up there, give a hundred thousand dollars. They'll stand up there, give two hundred fifty thousand dollars. They'll stand up there, give a half million dollars. They'll stand up there, give a plural. We'll give a million dollars, and. Uh, And he showed me how to do it. He said, "Now here's how you do it. You send ten thousand dollars to Fred and Betty Price, personal gift to them personally, and then believe me, for a hundredfold return." He said, "When the when the hundredfold return comes in, that's a million dollars." He said, "That's how you do it." It He said, "It won't cost you anything but ten thousand dollars." And then we are on a study retreat, February, the very next month, February of two thousand eighteen, and I'm walking a road up above the cabin in the woods, and and this same this same one, he comes, see. You don't know if he's going to speak to you or not. And he, 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 he said, you're letting go of things. And he life coached me. First time in my life ever, he life coached me on how to pray about money. Now, since then, I'm going to stop there and divert. So Austin and I were sitting at a meeting and a minister was raising $3.9 million for a basket full of projects and the same Holy Spirit. See, and the reason I don't really talk about the Holy Spirit as much as I should is because when people talk to me about the Holy Spirit, they paint him as a a weirdo because they're weirdos. See, it's not the Holy Spirit that's a weirdo. If you've ever met somebody who talked about the Holy Spirit and you had the impression the Holy Spirit's a weirdo, it's not that the Holy Spirit's a weirdo, it's that the person's a weirdo. I saw him once. Here's a story outside of a story. I was so bummed out. It was one of those seasons where where, where we had people leaving us up at I-30. And uh, and I'm at 5 a.m. prayer. So that's one reason I pray. You know, here's what I've discovered. When I'm watching reruns on TV, he never says anything. (laughs) But when I go out and I pray, he might speak to me. You see that? He doesn't speak to me all the time. He didn't speak to me this morning, but he might. My God. February of 2018, he life coached me on how to pray about money. Austin and I are sitting in this meeting. This minister is raising $3.9 3.9 million dollars. The Holy Spirit said to me, he "Said, give them one percent of it, and then turn around and believe me for a hundredfold return." And I used the life coaching he gave me in February of 2018 on how to pray over that money. That money marched right in the doors of these churches, not to me, not to my pockets, to the building fund, to the challenge offering, and then we gave, at His word, at His, at His word, at Thy word, Lord, we gave fifty thousand dollars to ministers. And they told me just this uh, yesterday that money's come in a hundredfold return on the three three point on the thirty nine thousand has come in the doors a hundredfold return on the fifty thousand has come in the doors. Well, now we got a stack of these, so I just mo- it's like dominoes. I just move that one's gone. Now I just move the next one up because we gave Jeremiah and Julia Thomas fifty thousand dollars to help them buy the building they're in, and then I, I have one that I brought to the front of the line. We gave Kevin and Miriam Smith $100,000 for foreign missions in Kenya. All of this is at the behest. My God, he's on me. There are men here tonight, and you you absolutely have it within your power to become millionaires and multimillionaires off of this building project coming up. But it will not happen with fear in your heart. And it will not happen with inaction. And it will not happen second-guessing the Lord. And so that $100,000 we gave missionaries, Kevin and Miriam Smith, in in my prayer time, I moved that to the head of the line because we need that $10 million as a down payment on phase two. They printed so much money. Everything's so expensive. So then go back to February of 2018. He life coached me on how to pray about money. I dealt with this a year ago in this Wednesday night series. And uh, so all this money comes in. It's just amazing to me. See, that my staff wants me to keep living because I, I, I pray all this money, and it's unbelievable how much money. I'm sitting in a restaurant many, many years ago with missionary Bud Sickler. He went to be with the Lord. It's hard to believe. It's been 23 years and four months since he went to be with the Lord. Can't, it doesn't seem like that. But I was sitting in a restaurant with Bud Sickler once, and I said, you know, when I left Kenya, the, mission, the head missionary for all of East Africa, of that organization, didn't want me to leave. And he offered me the biggest church in East Africa. That was in Malawi. I turned that down, and then he offered to make me a missionary evangelist. There were only two per continent in that organization. That was an incredible, an incredible. 1983, I was 27 years old. I would have been 20 years younger than anybody with that kind of position. It was an incredible offer. I said, no, I feel like God wants us to go back and pioneer a church in the United States. But I told Bud, I said, I wonder sometimes if I made a mistake. I wonder sometimes if I should have, if what kind of trajectory my life would have taken if I had taken him up on one of those offers. And Bud burst into laughter and he laughed so loud. It had the attention of everybody in the restaurant. It was a completely embarrassing moment. And then he said in a a triple loud preacher voice, brother, your gift is raising money. Which meant he wanted me here so he could do missions over there. Because you understand, somebody, somebody has to go and then somebody has to give them the money to go. Do you understand? And thank God we're the senders And we're not the ones sitting in some hut somewhere hoping somebody might come along with the gospel and tell us how to get saved. Say it out loud. Thank God we're the the senders. He leads me beside the still waters. He leads me into the green pastures. Somebody texted me, one of the men in the church texted me, he was watching The Connected Man. So I watched The Connected Man. That's Men of Destiny, 2004. That series changed this church, and I couldn't stop watching it. And what's interesting is I was telling all these stories about these things I had been giving in in the challenge offering. It's pretty amazing. But we sowed all these seeds along the way. See, people want to come along and judge what you got, but they don't want to do what you did to get what you got. And that's really quadruple true in 2023. But he leads us and he guides us. He's not an experience. You know, I mentioned last Wednesday night that little country Pentecostal church my mom took took me to when I was a junior in high school until I went to, uh, when Sue and I went to Miami University, we changed churches, went to a more upscale, you know, more charismatic type full gospel church. That was closer to Miami University in Oxford, Ohio, and uh, but you know in that country Pentecostal environment, you know their attitude was, "Brother, have you got the Holy Ghost? See, it's an experience." But He's so much more than that to me. So I saw Him once. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what I saw, but. It was one of those times where I was a little blue because of people leaving. And I'm at 5 a.m. prayer praying. And I come around to the, I was doing my laps around the auditorium and I come around to where the pulpit was and he, it was like he snapped my head up. And I, he said, when... What when were those three guys that opposed Moses? Cora Dathan and Byram. He said, when Cora, Dathan, and Abiram go out one door, and I, my, my head, it was, it was like a, a reflex. I wasn't in control. He said, when Korah, Dathan, and Abiram go out one door, and it was like something turned my head, he said, the Holy Ghost comes in the other. And I saw him. Amen. He's a person. He's not the Father, he's not the Son. They're in, they're in total agreement. You know, Sue and I are, are in agreement most times, most of the time. But we're not in agreement all the time. But the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they're in agreement all the time. Amen. When you hear one, you heard the other. Amen. They're in agreement. Jesus said, he, he that hath seen me hath seen the Father. Now, this generation out here, they want to love Jesus and hate the Bible. They want to love Jesus and hate the God of the Old Testament. Well, you can't do that because it's the same thing. Jesus said, he that hath seen me hath seen the Father. All those miracles in the Old Testament, go back and reread it. Do your annual Bible reading. They were by the Spirit, same Holy Spirit. They didn't have it in the measure we have it, but it was the same Holy Spirit. Who was it that led Elijah? It was the Holy Spirit who was it that led Elisha it was the holy spirit you don't receive eternal life by tearing and struggle for it, struggling for it you receive eternal life by taking action on the word of god if you believe in your heart that god raised jesus from the dead and confess with your mouth jesus is lord you will be saved so we don't tarry for salvation we don't wait for salvation We get saved by taking action on the word of God. The same thing is true with regard to the Holy Spirit and every other blessing that is promised in the word. Tearing means that the word isn't true and you have to do something yourself to add to the truthfulness of the word of God or to the veracity of God. Waiting before the Lord for power and some special blessing. That was a big thing. You know, when, I, when I, we were in Bible school, you know, waiting before the Lord for power, waiting before the Lord for some special blessing is unnecessary because you have in you, if you have received the Holy Spirit, the fountain of all experiences. Look, the problem is not that, that I mean, I'm talking to the Wednesday night crowd here. So the problem is not that we need a better salvation or we need a better experience with the Holy Spirit or uh, we need more blessing or whatever. The, the, the issue is that we have not taken advantage of the gifts that he's already given to us. That's, 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 the, that's the, uh, the problem. We have the Holy Spirit. He's talking all the time. I'm convinced of it. He's talking all the time. But we have our our minds filled with CNN and MSNBC and Fauci and Trump and DeSantis and Biden. And and we got all these voices going on in our minds and in our heads and, you know, what the wife says and what the husband's saying and all of this stuff and 3,000 emails and texts from God knows who. We have all this going on in our minds, but he's speaking all the time. He's leading us. He's guiding us. He's reminding me. See, I'm talking to you. He's talking to me. So... He's reminding me, so when, when we get to Easter 2018 and we stand up on the stage, you know, 9 o'clock, guys up there standing there for 100,000, guys up there standing there for a quarter of a million, guys up there standing for a half million, but I was the only guy standing for a million. And I, I just, I went back be, to the, the, the office behind the stage and between services and I thought, no problem, somebody will stand up and give a million dollars at the 11 o'clock service. And then we get to the 11 o'clock service. Well, it was thinner, of course, and, but nobody else stood for a million dollars. Then that next week I was out praying and I said, Lord, you said that, that men would stand with me and they would give men would give, plural, $100,000, $250,000, $500,000, and a million dollars. And he said to me that week, he said, well, he said, Sue stood with you. He said, she's giving it up as much as you are. But here just a few weeks ago, he said, you don't see it, do you? And I said, see what? And he said, when you decided to give the second million, you told your wife, you told the people that work for you, it was so easy to give the first million. You said, well, why not do it again and give a second million? He said, that was the second person giving the million dollars. And that's Sue. So see, if men won't do it, God doesn't care. He'll use a woman. Amen. Remember, the, the, was it the judge that killed the enemy of Israel? Yeah. You know, if the men, if the, if the men won't do it, and you women... You know, in Christ, there's neither Jew nor Gentile or male or female. Now, I'm not talking about trans stuff here. I'm saying, I'm saying that in the eyes of God, a man doesn't have any more value than a woman. They have different functions. But that doesn't mean they have more differing values. You know, Pastor, when you talk like this, you just make it sound like that—that that these are not big numbers. They're not big numbers. Listen, I don't know who you serve, but I serve El Shaddai. I serve Almighty God. I serve the beginning and the end. I serve the Alpha and the Omega. And, and it, it, He doesn't know the difference between a hundred dollars and a thousand dollars. I mean, even our government doesn't know what the difference is. They just print all this money. You know, they print it right over here in Fort Worth. I like what Charles Payne says, the black economist. He says, you know, the money's fake, but you can buy real stuff with it. (laughs) There's no limit to what we can do, what we can achieve. I think the only limit is the degree to which We hear the degree to which we obey. And also, I think that in his prudence, he does not bless us beyond what we can handle because how many people, how many people, how many people have gotten shipwrecked and off course because God blessed them with too much too soon? I had a friend back in the 80s, he was a good guy. He impacted my life, but God blessed him with too much, too fast, too soon, too much. It was just too much. And it wrecked him. And when I saw that, I told the Lord, I said, if you want to bless me in moderation, Uh, I leave that in your hands. That's that's beyond my pay grade. I leave that in your hands. You're never going to hear me complain. And I I made up my mind at that point in my life to never compare myself to anyone else and to not ever complain to God because he was blessing somebody over here more than I thought he was blessing me because I told him, I said, I see that you bless that man so much that it wrecked him. It's none of my business and it's beyond my pay grade but every year when I do the annual bible reading I'm I'm shocked I'm shocked I'm shocked I'm stunned that David died at 70 There was no there were there were, there were no there were no idol worship there was no idol worshiping going on There were no false god monuments there was no Asherah poles there was there was no idol worship of any kind going on when David, with all of his faults, was on that throne. And he, he he died at 70. And then God put all of that investment in his son Solomon. He was there was no king like him before or since. When you do the annual Bible reading and you read about the tonnages of gold and you bring it up into $2,023, it's staggering the amounts of money that they had. They had tribute coming in from all over the world. But but that man, he backslid. He did not serve God. And he led Israel into idol worship. Because of, uh, he married all these women from all over the world, and they're all different gods. So he had to, you know, to make these women happy. I thank God I only got one woman, and she's only got one God. <laughs> and then over and over and over, when you do the annual Bible reading, it, it, the Bible points out, I mean, over and over and over and over, that the next king, Rehoboam, I think it was, his mother was an Ammonite. Oh my gosh, I mean, of all the people to marry. My point is this, that You know, I I couldn't sing. I couldn't play the piano. Um, I'm not gifted. We had the the greatest preacher of the 20th century up at I-30. No comparison to anybody then or now. E.V. Hill. Gifted, gifted, gifted man. And here's poor old Gene just standing up talking on a Wednesday night. See, none of that gifting. How did I get this far? By following My friend, my best friend, the Holy Spirit of God, he led me into the green pastures and he led me beside the still waters. If people would only learn to check with him before they go on a date. If people would only learn to check with him before they get married. If people would only learn to check with him before they... Make any major decision in life. You can follow, you can follow the leading of the Holy Spirit to where you can ask him, is this right or wrong? And in a moment, in an instant, you'll get your answer down here on the inside, not up here, but in the spirit man, because that's where he dwells. He dwells in the spirit of a man, the candle of the Lord, the hidden man of the heart. That's where the Holy Spirit dwells. Jesus said to that woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, if you knew who was speaking to you, you would ask me for water. Anyone who drinks this water, talking about the well, they'll thirst again. But anyone who drinks of the water that I give will never thirst again. Rivers of living water flowing up from where? From the inside. He's not an experience. He's a person. And we need to check with him. We need to pay attention to him. We need to listen to him. We need to let him lead us. Now, I know, I know sometimes people may think, well, you know, you're just trying to raise money for phase two. Look, the money's coming no matter who gives or who doesn't give. I mean, if God can make a donkey talk God can make a donkey give money. (laughs) So the money's coming. The money's coming. The money's coming. Amen. 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 And what I've noticed is uh, there's always a new crop coming up. People that maybe never really prospered in their whole lives. But then all of a sudden, a switch gets turned on on the inside. And man, here they come. And they couldn't give it if they didn't have it. Amen. Amen. So we need to accept accept what the Word of God says is true and thank Him, feeling or no feeling, for the Holy Spirit of God being in our lives. Thank you. And and and, you know, it's been a long time since we talked taught about the Holy Spirit on a Sunday morning, and there it is again. That's why I'm reluctant to do so because you know we don't want to feed the weird. And uh, because that's not who he is to me. Um, I'm preaching with Austin in, in Mombasa one year, For but I think it was 1997. And, and that was the year I was, I saw that Dell Computer was in a pattern. And so I was trading this. And so I'm in, I'm in Kenya. He, he, very rarely has he ever spoken to me about this stuff. And, oh, my gosh, I mean, it was going down, down, down. And I was at the end of my ability to handle it. And the Lord spoke to me. And he spoke to me the next morning in prayer. And he said, he said, don't sell it. All right. Now, see, the reason I make mistakes is because he doesn't talk to me. If he talked to me, I'd never make a mistake. But he doesn't talk. He doesn't come along and say that much. That's why when he comes along and tells you what to do and you don't do it, it's going to be a longer period of time before he comes back and tells you to do the next thing. But anyway, so I'm preaching for Bud. Austin's with me on that trip, and I held. I didn't do anything. And, and by the time we got to London, I had made... It was crazy, and, and and this was big money back in those days. I've made a half a million dollars. I think it was five hundred twenty-five thousand dollars in one week, and uh, so we're at Harrods, and it was their sale. And sometimes you'll see Sue wearing that outrageous diamond necklace. Well, it was half price, and compared to the money I'd made, it was like lunch money. I mean, I bought it, and then I brought it home. I declared it, paid the duty on it, but it was nothing because I had made so much money. Because he said, "Don't sell." See, I could have sold, taking a loss. He said, "Don't sell." Now he hasn't spoken to me about he hasn't spoken to me about the stock market since March of two thousand. March of two thousand, he said, "This this is different." That's all he said. I knew what he meant. I stood aside. I missed all that two years of bad news. But he hasn't spoken to me about it since then. When he speaks and we ignore him, you know, you meet that hot thing at work and you think you're going to go to Vegas and get married. Yeah, maybe you ought to take that to the Holy Spirit. Maybe you ought to ask the Lord about that before you pull that trigger. Amen. And I trust him. And I'll tell you something else too. I trust him in Sue. If Sue thinks somebody's a weirdo, they're a weirdo. And I think she trusts me. If I think somebody's a weirdo, they're a weirdo. And in 2023, we need the Holy Spirit of God more than we have ever needed the Holy Spirit of God. Because if you if you're at a if you're at a birthday party, You got your precious blessings at a birthday party, and you you feel in your spirit that somebody there is a weirdo, just make your excuses. You know, we got somewhere else we got to go. You don't have to say, thus saith the Lord, this person (laughs) over here is a weirdo. You know, you don't have to make a scene. Just make your excuses and move on. But in 2023, let me tell you what, they're coming after the children. And more than ever before in our entire lives, we need this person, not experience. We need this person of the Holy Spirit of God. And let me tell you what, more than ever before, we need to cultivate. See, that's what they don't do. The hucksters in the ministry, they do not treat him with respect and deference and honor. When you honor him, you're more likely to hear from him. When you show deference and respect to him, you're more likely to hear from him. And more than any time I know of, certainly in my lifetime, we need to hear from him. I'm not trying to be spooky or weird, but with what's going on, If you're headed to the mall and something in here says, maybe you ought to do that next week. Maybe you ought to do that next week. I had a brand new 540 sport. I mean, brand new. It didn't have a thousand miles on it. And I got up one morning after prayer and I thought, I, I told Sue, I was complaining to Sue, look at all this I got to do today. Because we had no employees, I had to do everything. And so I had, I, had like, I had like 12 or 13 things I had to go and do that day. And the Lord spoke to me so sweetly, so kindly. And he said, why don't you do that tomorrow? No, 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 I got to do this today. And I, I didn't even get to my first stop and somebody totaled that car. I mean, they totaled it. But the insurance company wouldn't total it because it was new. So I, I got a fixer-upper you know, car that should have been totaled, but it wasn't totaled because I ignored the Holy Spirit of God. I learned my lesson. If he says, maybe you ought to do that tomorrow, maybe you ought to do that tomorrow. Amen? Amen. 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 Now, I'm not saying be a weirdo. Harry Kahn was a mechanical engineer engineer that befriended us very early. He used to lecture at Texas A&M every year. And uh, he told us a story about his daughter. I think her name was, he called her Gracie. And uh, she called him one day. She said, Daddy, I want to use the credit card you gave me to Gracie whatever you need what you you know that's yours that's for going to college you just do whatever you want yeah but I'm going to use it for something a little different there's there's some. my roommate doesn't have a winter coat and I want to buy her a winter coat Gracie you do whatever you want you know buy her that coat she called him back a few days later she said dad I'm so embarrassed I'm so horrified and he said what happened well we went to the mall and she's walking down the the you know the aisle in the mall and she says third one on the right and she goes over there and it was, she said, Daddy, it was the ugliest, most God-awful coat ever made by man. But she was convinced that's the one God wanted her to have. He said, well, don't worry about it. You know, he was a very wealthy man. He was on Ronald Reagan's transition team at, uh, when Reagan beat Carter. Carter. Carter? Yeah, he was Carter. Uh, <laughs> but my point is, don't be that don't buy the ugly car and say, God told you to. <laughs> don't, don't marry the creep and say, God, the Holy Ghost told me to marry this bum. Don't do that. Amen? Am I helping anybody tonight? Yes. See, when we invite him in, actually, when you're born again, you have a measure of the Holy Spirit of God. Every born again person has a measure of the Holy Spirit of God. Well, Pastor Gene, what's the baptism in the Holy Spirit? Well, that is a subsequent act of grace by God, which was not available to humanity until they were baptized in the Holy Spirit in the upper room. And it is a fullness. It is a fullness of measure of the Holy Spirit. And so the uh, Pentecostalism, a lot of Pentecostalism, is treating him as an experience, but not inviting him to be the Lord. Yeah. See, when what good is the Holy Spirit going to do any of us if we don't let him be the Lord of our lives? Lord, is is this is this something I should do? Is this something I should not do? Lord, is this right or is this wrong? Lord, would it be right to do this or would it be wrong to do this? You're asking your Lord what to do. Amen. Amen. You're not passive, but you are insistent that he take over, that he illuminates your heart and mind. And when you do that, he guides you into the realities of Christ's redemptive work that belong to you. Jesus said, you know, we ought to go back and study the last chapters of John toward the end of Jesus' time with his disciples before the death, burial, and resurrection, the crucifixion. He talked a lot about love. And he talked a lot about the Holy Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is the power of God and he's the mind of God and he's the ability of God and he's in you. Say it out loud. The Spirit of God God. is the power of God, the the mind of God, God. and the ability of God, and and he's in me. Amen. Amen. He leads us. Now he'll rebuke you. I mean, he has me. He's not bashful. Give him place, honor him, and treat him with the utmost courtesy. Treat him with the utmost deference. Treat him with the utmost respect. Treat him with the utmost courtesy. Become accustomed to talking with him. He's your continual companion. He will guide you daily. And after a while, you'll be able to say, is is this right to do? And and instantly, you'll get a yes or no down here in your spirit man. When you study the word of God, he'll illuminate the word of God to you. It's like he he shines a light on certain scriptures. You might have read the Bible every year in an annual Bible reading for 40 or 50 years, but you read it, and you could, you could go to, in court and say, I don't think I've ever read that before in my life. I mean, it's just like it's, it's just made new to you. It's just brand new to you. It's just something you never saw before. I mean, you must have seen it because you read the Bible in the annual Bible reading, but it doesn't seem like you ever saw it before because he made it alive to you. He made it real to you on that day. And as you meditate on the word, he'll unveil to you deeper hidden meanings in the word that are necessary in your spiritual life or to those to whom you are ministry. And we need to act like he's there. We just can't do our own thing all the time. We need to act like he's with us. We need to act like he's in charge. He is in charge. (laughs) Well, pastor, he's not in charge of me. Well, then that limits our results. See, when we don't let him be the Lord of our lives, we're not limiting the next guy's results. We're limiting our results. plan your work plan your day with a consciousness that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world he's the one who can make jesus wisdom unto you through the word he can make the word of god a living thing on your lips he gives you the ability to use the name of jesus so that all authority that is in you can be exercised by you experiences are not always spiritual realities but the Holy Spirit in you unveiling the Word brings into your spirit consciousness realities of the highest value. What he's saying to me right now is we don't do this, people don't do this because they value things more than they value the Word of the Lord. I mean, I I could I, I had forgotten about all the giving I did. I, re, I watched that message, The Connected Man, and you know, I told a story about giving a Harley-Davidson and the challenge offering and giving a car and the challenge offering. I'd forgot about all that. You know, part of what happens when we give is we prove to God that we, we don't value stuff as much as we value the word of the Lord. Amen. All of this came from obedience the first order of business is to obey the written word of God. After that, the second order of business is to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit of God. Amen. So he has committed unto us the word of grace. He has committed unto us the word of wisdom and he has committed unto us, to us, his ability. Say it out loud. The ability of God, the ability of God is in me. Is in by his, spirit. By his spirit. You know, I think it was Wednesday or Sunday. I, I meant to say Philippians 4.19. I said Philippians 4.13. So Philippians 4.13 was on my mind. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the ability. Say it out loud. I can do all things, do all things through, Christ through Christ who gives me the ability. Me the ability. I, have, I, have, I have total confidence. I have total confidence. It doesn't matter how much money they print. doesn't matter what it costs. I have total confidence that we'll draw and build face to if the Lord doesn't tarry. Uh, Pastor, what if it's beyond us? I have total confidence that he will lead us and guide us and show us the way. I have total confidence that he will speak to, to folks to do this and to do that and to give this and to give that. I have total confidence. I'm not confident in myself. I'm confident in him. He leads, he guides, he provides. I'm certainly not looking to people when I say that, don't get offended. I'm not looking to people. One of the most gruesome things ever happened to me in my entire life. I was 18 years old. I told my father I was not going back to Miami University. I was going to Central Bible College and I was going to preach the gospel. I was going to answer the call of God and I was going to preach the gospel. And we were at lunch at Jerry's Restaurant at Salem and Beachmont Avenues and Anderson Township outside of Cincinnati and he he prophesied over my life. He said, you'll be poor all the days of your life. You'll never go anywhere. You'll never have anything. You'll never do anything. And he said, I'm cutting you off. I'm not going to give you another dime. I'm going to write you out of my will. It was the greatest thing ever happened to me in my entire life. Now in the moment, it was gruesome. It was a hard thing to bear. But it was the best thing that ever happened to me. I got that job selling cookware and outside sales. The owner, Galen Schlueter, took a liking to me. He gave me a book by Napoleon Hill. He gave me W. Clement Stone's book, and he fed me Zig Ziglar tapes week by week by week. And uh, he sat me down, and he life-coached me on selling. I learned more about the ministry selling cookware than I learned in Bible school. I learned how to talk to people. I learned how to close. I learned how to look to God. Listening to a Zig Ziglar tape, I pulled up to a farm in Illinois one Saturday afternoon south of Quincy, Illinois. Drove up this long gravel road and I put the visor down and I said to myself, Gene, look at this place. There's nowhere to shop. These women are shopping deprived. You're going to go in there and you're going to make more money than you have ever made selling cookware before and I went in there and of course you know country people so this single gal had her mama with her she had her married sister with her and I sold all of them everything everything if i had had 25 more things to sell I would have sold them I sold them every I sold them the electric skillet the the china the tableware the crystal I sold them everything I must have made $800 on that one stop 1975 look it up that'd be a lot of money today You know how I did that? Talking to myself. You know where I learned how to talk to myself? It wasn't Kenneth Hagan. It wasn't John Osteen. It wasn't any of them. It was Zig Ziglar. I learned how to talk to myself and to say what I wanted and not what I feared. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I learned how to close. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 2023, culture's gone to hell. But you know what? We're still winning people to Jesus because we learned how to close. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's leading us. He's guiding us. And you need to trust him and pray Psalm 91 over your children. Pray Psalm 91 over your grown children. Just because they're grown doesn't mean they don't need to be protected. And with all this insanity out here, nobody's nobody's talking about it. Nobody's talking about it. Nobody's talking about it but all of these shooters are medicated. It doesn't matter whether they're straight, gay, white, Hispanic, black, male, now we have female, it doesn't matter. The thing they have in common is they are heavily medicated. And so we have a lot of mental illness out here and we have a lot of mental illness caused by drugs. 30% of all schizophrenia they're saying is from marijuana use. So there's all this going on. You need to learn how to pray. You need to learn how to pray Psalm 91. You need to learn how to listen to his voice. And now I'm not saying be a weirdo. I don't think anybody's ever seen me do anything weird in my life. But I I followed him. Amen. I got off a plane once because of him. He said, get off, get off now. I got off. I used to travel with only carry-on bags, can't do that anymore. I got off the plane. I never looked it up to see what happened. Maybe, maybe it was an incident. It was only a few weeks later, Robert Schuler was attacked by an airline steward. So maybe that's what was going to happen. I don't know what was going to happen. I got off. And there were so many flights where I was going, it was no problem to get on the next one. I think that's the weirdest thing I've ever done. He gave me the answer on weight loss 30 years ago and I ignored him. You know what he said? You don't want to know what he said. (laughs) He said, son, eat whatever you want. Just eat half. When we follow him, we get to a blessed place. When we ignore him, we get to a troubled place. When we follow him, we get to a wealthy place. When we ignore him, we need banks and doctors. He's my best friend. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He has saved my life over and over and over and over and over. I was flying into Tulsa one day. And I mean, that little plane was pitching left and right and up and down. The people that weren't buckled in were hitting their heads on the ceiling. It was the God-awfulest thing I'd ever been through. And I prayed the prayer. I said, Lord, if I have any unconfessed sin in my life, I said, show it to me now. I'm going to confess it. I want to be ready to go. I mean, man, this thing's pitching and heaving and left and right. And and he spoke to me and he said, son, he said, this plane can't go down. He said, you're on it. And he said, you have many more countries of the world to preach in before you come home. Hallelujah. 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 Uh, We were landing in Guatemala City one day and we're I was sitting so far up, I could see through the windshield. I saw what was happening. I mean, man, we're on final approach, man. We're coming down. And a little Cessna or whatever pulled out in front of us, across from the runway. And, and I mean, man, he hit the gas, and he pulled up, and the guy ahead of me, you know, uh, filled his britches. And, uh, I mean, it was interesting. And the Lord spoke to me again. He said, fear not. For I am with you. I will never leave you. There's somebody here tonight and somebody has said something to you that has caused you great alarm. And I say by the spirit of the living God, fear not, for the Lord is with you and he will never leave you and he will never forsake you. you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lift both hands up and say, thank you, thank you, Holy Spirit of God. The living God. by you you. lives in me.